Good morning, I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church, and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. It's day 379 of our three-year journey through God's Word, and in our Old Testament reading, we're in the book of 1 Samuel, and yesterday we were introduced to Saul, who becomes the first king of Israel, and today we see the prophet Samuel anointing Saul as king. Let's pray and ask the Lord's help as we look to his word together today. Father in heaven, thank you for your word, which is full of life and truth. The grace that comes to us through your word as it shows us Christ and the gospel and our need and the satisfaction that Jesus is, this is, this is life for us. And so we pray that you would be our teacher and our guide, that you would Lead us in these things for your glory in all things. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 10. Then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on his head and kissed him and said, Has not the Lord anointed you to be prince over his people Israel? And you shall reign over the people of the Lord. And you shall save them from the hand of their surrounding enemies. And this shall be the sign to you that the Lord has anointed you to be prince over his heritage. When you depart from me today, you will be met by two men. You will meet two men by Rachel's tomb in the territory of Benjamin at Zelzah. And they will say to you, the donkeys that you went to seek are found. And now your daughter has ceased to care, daughter, (laughs) excuse me. And now your father has ceased to care about the donkeys and is anxious about you saying, what shall I do about my son? Then you shall go on from there farther and come to the oak of Tabor. Three men going up to God at Bethel will meet you there. One carrying three young goats another carrying three loaves of bread, and another carrying a skin of wine. And they will greet you and give you two loaves of bread, which you shall accept from their hand. After that, you shall come to Gibeath Elohim, where there is a garrison of the Philistines. And there, as soon as you come to the city, you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place with harp, tambourine, flute, and lyre before them prophesying, Then the Spirit of the Lord will rush upon you, and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. Now when these signs meet you, do all that your hand finds to do, for God is with you. Then go down before me to Gilgal, and behold, I am coming down to you to offer burnt offerings and and to sacrifice peace offerings. Seven days you shall wait until I come to you and show you what you shall do. When he turned his back to leave Samuel, God gave him another heart. And all these signs came to pass that day. When they came to Gibeah, behold, a group of prophets met him, and the Spirit of God rushed upon him, and he prophesied among them. And when all who knew him previously saw how he prophesied with the prophets, the people said to one another, What has come over the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? And a man of the place answered, And who is their father? Therefore it became a proverb, Is Saul also among the prophets? When he had finished prophesying, he came to the high place. 
Saul's uncle said to him and to his servant, Where did you go? And he said, To seek the donkeys. And when we saw that they were not to be found, we went to Samuel. And Saul's uncle said, Please tell me what Samuel said to you. And Saul said to his uncle, He told us plainly that the donkeys had been found. But about the matter of the kingdom of which Samuel had spoken, he did not tell him anything. Now Samuel called the people together to the Lord at Mizpah. And he said to the people of Israel, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I brought up Israel out of Egypt, and I delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians and from the hand of all the kingdoms that were oppressing you. But today you have rejected your God who saves you from all your calamities and your distresses. And you have said to him, set a king over us. Now, therefore, present yourselves before the Lord by your tribes and by your thousands. Then Samuel brought all the tribes of Israel near, and the tribe of Benjamin was taken by Lot. He brought the tribe of Benjamin near by its clans, and the clan of the Matrites was taken by Lot. And Saul, the son of Kish, was taken by Lot. But when they sought him, he could not be found. So they inquired again, Is there a man still to come? And the Lord said, Behold, he has hidden himself among the baggage. Then they ran and took him from there. And when he stood up among the people, he was taller than any of the people from his shoulders upward. And Samuel said to all the people, Do you see him whom the Lord has chosen? There is none like him among all the people. And all the people shouted, Long live the king! Then Samuel told the people the rights and duties of the kingship, and he wrote them in a book and laid it up before the Lord. Then Samuel sent all the people away, each to his home. Saul also went to his home at Gibeah, and with him went men of valor, whose hearts God had touched. But some worthless fellows said, how can this man save us? And they despised him and brought him no present, but he held his peace. First Samuel chapter 10. Boy, Saul is to me one of the most fascinating characters in all of scripture. It's really, really hard to, to read exactly what's going on with this man. He's anointed by Samuel. He's told that he's going to be prince over all the people. He's given clear and evident signs, which are repeated. And then he's chosen by lot, which means the Lord even, you know, is sovereign over the casting of the lot, you know, the choosing by so-called random chance. And everything just lines up. This is God's man who is chosen. And not only that, but after Samuel charges him, and sends him away, we read in verse 9 that when he turned his back to leave Samuel, God gave him another heart. And all the signs came to pass, and then the Spirit of God rushes upon him, and he prophesies among the prophets. And yet, and yet, it doesn't appear that Saul ever has genuine saving faith 
in the Lord. I could be wrong about that. I mean, he does have a changed heart. Doesn't necessarily mean the same thing that we understand by regeneration or being born again. He does receive the Spirit of God and prophesies. But Jesus said that at the end, many will say to him, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And he will say, depart from me, for I never knew you. So people can share in even the influence of the Holy Spirit and even have outward manifestations of the Spirit at work and not truly be saved, not truly be a born again and redeemed child of God with true and saving faith. I can't say that for sure about Saul. I don't know that there's very few people you can say that 100% for sure about. Um, Judas Iscariot would be one we can say 100% for sure was not was not saved despite all the time that he spent with Jesus. But a lot of people, you know, Saul is just this unknown, I think. But I think the weight of evidence leans against it as much as it's clear in Scripture. And yet, here's a man who is chosen by God, anointed by God, changed by God, um, empowered by God. But what do we see him doing with all of this? In verse 16, when he talks to his uncle, he talks about the donkeys and even the signs about how the donkeys had already been found and, and how Samuel knew that, but doesn't tell his uncle anything about the kingdom. And then when Saul is chosen by Lot, so God confirms in front of everybody by clear signs, by the choosing of the lot, that it's Saul. He's hiding among the luggage, among the baggage. He doesn't want to be king. This is this insecurity that I spoke about yesterday. It's not just humility. It's humility is a virtue and actually leads to great strength as it teaches us to rely upon the Lord. But this is this insecurity that causes him to shirk responsibility, to shrink back from God's call to leadership, to keep his mouth closed when he should speak. Mm. And it's it's going to be the undoing of him, as, as we already know, going into it. So what can we learn from Saul in, in today's chapter? Well, we can learn that people can say the right things, they can look the part, they can even give some outward signs of, of being called by God and even be called by God, and yet still not be faithful and still not really have genuine faith and be a true and sincere believer. So we need to be cautious. Judge a tree by its fruit, test the spirits. We need to be cautious and we need to look for someone who is from the heart pursuing the Lord and wanting to do his will in faithfulness, right? From the heart in faithfulness. And that is a calling that uh, transforms, that changes us. And that's something that only comes from God. Uh, but it's something that we need, to be, we need to be careful about in the selection of leaders it reminds me of what Paul says about not laying hands too hastily on someone for leadership within the church. You want to give it time and test them and see if they really are faithful. Um, and ultimately, given the test of time, Saul will prove himself to be un unfaithful.
The other thing I see here is that when God chooses and when God acts, he gives abundant confirmatory signs. Saul was God's choice to be king. Part of that was to teach Israel a lesson, I think, and part of it we don't know exactly what God's purposes are, so we have to be humble in the face of God doing something that doesn't exactly line up with what we expect is going to make sense. We have to be humble before that and say he has his purposes, he has his reasons. Saul was called by God, anointed by God, chosen by God to be king, and he confirmed that multiple ways in very clear ways. God God is consistent in scripture and he acts in a way that is reasonable, that is verifiable, and that is consistent. It's never a matter of, oh, just take my word for it. God called me or, oh, just take. There's going to be confirmation that is available. Um, and then, of course, whenever we see the inadequacies of anyone in the Old Testament or any part of Scripture, it ought to drive us to King Jesus, who is the one king that our hearts truly need and, and the one that we want to follow after. Uh, the one who never shrank back from what God the Father called him to do, the one who was faithful to the end, the one who, in the test of time, came out perfect, pleasing to the Father in all things. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our faithful King, the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to be humble and obedient and responsive. Help us to be careful in who we follow and who we give our loyalty to. Help us to be discerning about the character qualities of those who might be called to leadership. Help us to accept your providence when it doesn't line up with our expectations. Help us to walk in wisdom according to your word and your spirit. We pray these things, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining me for 1 Samuel chapter 10 today. Tomorrow, I believe we're back in the Gospel of Mark, so I hope you'll join us for that. Have a blessed day in the Lord.